Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Hello, everybody. Good morning, afternoon, evening, middle of the night for some of you. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Tamara, your host, named after the show, or the show's named after me, I guess I should say. I'm so excited to have you all here. We've got another incredible everyday innovator with you. It has been just a, I got to say, I've been doing a lot of podcast interviews this week, and it's just the most diverse set of people. And I have had such brilliant aha moments from every single one of them for very different things. And I know you have as well, because I've gotten your emails, I've seen your comments, your reviews on iTunes. It's so great to see. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for participating. I think as most of you know, our goal is to unleash 1 million everyday innovators into the world. So we're in the tens of thousands, and I think the million is in our grasp. So let's unleash today's everyday innovator so that we can get to it. Let me tell you a little bit about his style. So Ashao is an experiential risk taker, which interestingly, we have our power triggers in common. Our dormant trigger is different, but it'll be interesting to see how this conversation goes and how it shows up for us. So Ashao is a risk taker experiential. That means the risk taker is all about innovating in the uncomfortable, about leaping. Um, It is about kind of being willing to innovate in motion, in progress. Um, Risk takers tend to be a little bit more bold. They like to push boundaries. They're very good at like, well, the rest of us want to stay on the ledge. Risk takers want to leap and figure it out. And then the experiential side is actually very much in motion. It's about bridging the chasm between theory and reality. It's about taking ideas out of your head and innovating in motion. In fact, experientials do their best innovation when things are like hands-on and real and they're actually in the thick of it doing it versus in theory. So the magic of the risk-taker experiential coming together is bold and tangible innovation. So with that, let's welcome a shout to the show. Welcome. Tell the world who you are and what you do. Hey, thank you so much for having me on, Tamara. I'm really glad to be here. My name is Ashao Freesky, and my mission is to help parentpreneurs create more time in their lives to really enjoy their family and enjoy their children. Because I, I firmly believe that, you know, there's this hustle culture that's going on. Um, and unfortunately, that's a lot of people are sacrificing their health and their families for this dream that they've been told that they need. And so uh, I'm here to help create more integration in people's lives and to help them bring in the fun and the play back into their lives. Hey, can I ask you a question about the hustle culture? Because I like the way you said that. And I, I totally agree with you. And I actually think after kind of two years of craziness and us still trying to get our feet under us, it's gotten worse not better um, in some respects. And I think some people have like, you know, found their purpose and slowed it down. But I think a lot of us are doing more with less. So the hustle's getting harder, almost worse. Why do you think we get so trapped in and also I think attracted to the whole hustle culture? Like, why is it so glorified? That's a great question. I know for me personally, what got me caught up in hustle culture was I was actually really comfortable with work. Um, 
and also, you know, of course, wanting to create the the vision that I'm that I'm uh, seeking in terms of like financial independence and 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 freedom, and overemphasizing one part of my life that I was comfortable with. I was comfortable with working, comfortable with getting stuff done and building systems and you know that all that good jazz and and I just came to a point where I was you know working a lot and my I have two young children and I'd find myself saying to my daughter like hey she's asking me hey can we go play and I'm like sorry I gotta go work or, or I'd just be I'd be I felt like I was missing out on their childhood and so for me it was just remembering that I have other priorities in my life that are also very important and, and, you know, it's yeah. interesting. So I have two teenage boys. They're 17 and 13 now. And um, you just don't get that time back. And I think whether you have kids or not, whatever that is, like your journey in life, you don't get that time back. And I, I do think it's a balance of how do you work towards your goals, but also how do you create that balance? So with with that, what's what's a big win or something that you're proud of accomplishing? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. Well, honestly, the <laughs> recently this this program that I've created, uh, my double your time off program, I I'm just so so excited about it. I feel like it ties in a lot of the things I've learned in my life and and my passions in terms of behavior design and systematizing things and just how do we become the best version of ourselves and tying that in together with business systematization how do we prioritize effectively and tying that together in a program that's really going to help parent printers um, create more time with their families. And I'm just, I'm so, so excited about this program. <laughs> that's exciting. So let me ask you a question about that. Um, what do you think, you said a couple of things that are intriguing to me. And one is like kind of combining this time off as systematizing, what do you think are the three top things that we should do to get more time back in our lives? Fantastic question. Uh, and I've actually broken my program down to these three categories. And so the first one is to maximize energy. And what I mean by that is to have a foundational level of personal health and energy that allows you to show up as the leader that your business and your family needs. Uh, you know, if you remember ever being sick in bed, like you can't focus, you can't think, you can't make effective decisions, you can't show up, right? So the opposite extreme of that would be to be full of energy, to be enthusiastic, to be fully engaged wherever you are, right? And that's that's something that a lot of us totally overlook is is just the foundational level of, of health and and engagement that we can show up with in every moment. So for me, that's the first pillar, and the second pillar is to sharpen our focus. So to have systems in place that allow us to harness that energy. So we have energy, but how do we harness it in a way that is not leaking out into distractions? So much of us have phones dinging, people interrupting us, social media, like, you know, social media is designed to capture our attention. That is its, that is its function. That's what they capitalize on. And you know, distractions are so abundant in our world. And so how do we put guardrails and systems in place so that we can harness our energy in the direction that we so choose? So that's the second pillar. And the third pillar is to perfect our priority. So again, having systems in place that allow us to, okay, so we have energy, we can harness it, but where do we harness it? 
And that is, you know, sort of Pareto's principle, like, what is the 20% of the activities that are going to get me like the vast majority of the results? Like, what are those things? And we need to have systems in place to identify what are the vital few that matter much more than the rest. And, you know, if that comes to business, like what's, what's the constraint that's holding you back? Um, because it doesn't matter what, if you focus on, on optimizing, um, if you know the theory of constraints, if you think of like a pipeline, uh, let's say there's like a series of machines that are generating, you know, I don't know, widgets. <laughs> if, if you go and you try to fix the, the third machine in the row that's operating at 80%, if you're trying to get 80% up to 90%, but machine number two is operating at a 20% capacity, you're wasting time. So to have a system in place where you can identify what are the constraints holding you back in your business and in your own life, right? So like on a higher level, like energy, maybe you're just your personal health is suffering and you can't show up as a leader. So to have systems in place to identify that vital few, that's really going to make the biggest difference. That to me is, that's how we're going to create more time is to, is to identify what's going to get the most impact with the least amount of effort. You know, it's interesting, Ashao. I was thinking about like, as you were talking, what are the constraints that I've had recently that I've had to overcome to really scale my my scale myself, not just my business, but like, you know, parenting and life and like, right, all of it. And one of them was definitely help, meaning I was trying to do it all. Um, and I often hide behind the excuse of, well, I want to figure out how to do it first so that I know how to manage somebody else and doing it, right? That's my <laughs> Good excuse. <laughs> Thank you. That's my favorite. And, and, and it's hard for people to argue with, right? People go, yeah, yeah, Tamara, that makes like perfect sense. <laughs> but not really when you think about like, who cares if I know how to do it? I know what I need the outcome to be, right? But who cares? But that's kind of like one of the constraints that I was struggling with recently that I finally let go of to build more time. And the other constraint, interestingly, um, was systems so that things were more automated. So like prior for the podcast, for example, people would sign up and then I would create, we would create a separate web thing, you know, meeting for them on Zoom. And then we would send them the question separately. Like that's four steps that could be automated. And we did that, right? And that freed up our time. Um, health for me, I've always been really on top of, not always, in the last seven years. And that has made a huge difference for me. So I'm, I'm there for that. But the other two, interestingly, like it's amazing how easy I can get into the weeds and, and put constraints on myself that don't need to be there. And I'm just curious from your world, what, what are some of those constraints that you've had to fight through and how have you figured out a better way? Mm. Yeah, so I've, I've struggled with the same constraint of doing everything myself, <laughs> especially coming from my background, um, just having been trained in multimedia and learning all the things like graphic design, you know, because you know how to do it. It's almost a curse, right? Like it, when totally you know how curse. to do it, it's a curse. Yeah. 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 And I also, suffer from that. Yeah. And and also like you think of like um Gina Wickman's like visionary integrator. I, I happen to have a good mix of both of of having the ideas, but then also knowing how to implement them. So that's that's been one of the constraints that's come up for me. And um really letting go of control, building out some team members that I can delegate to. Uh, that's yeah and 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 creating systems around around that delegation as well in terms of like not having to repeat things every time like i know that this is a repetitive task how do i create a system that my assistant can just go and and check 
to the SOP. And then I, you know, I don't need to explain things over and over again. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on with Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. What advice do you have I'm digging in a little bit here, but I think it's so it's such a good, important topic, right? And I think, you know, I think in the last couple of years, a lot of us have reassessed how we spend our time, but we, you know, and realizing what matters to us and don't know how to get off the hamster wheel. So I'm I'm wondering if I'm a so I get it as an entrepreneur, right? Like I and maybe that's because that's my world now, is like get help, get those systems minimize distractions. I'm a big fan of that. I do. I talk a lot about that in other work about like getting really being focused right on what you're doing in the task so that you're fully present. If I'm inside a company and I can't just go get help, right? I can't hire someone on Upwork the way you and I can. What is your advice to them to, to get to double your time back when there are some constraints that they have that are the organization they're in, not them necessarily? Mm-hmm. I think building systems is something that anyone can do. And what I mean by that is identifying repetitive workflows. Like, oh, I'm doing this every day. Like I'm sending out this email on a daily basis. And it can be as simple as just like creating a template in Gmail where you're going to have that canned email that you can now just use. Um, there's other more sophisticated systems. I use a program called Notion where I harness, you know, I, I build out my systems. And, and so that can, that can be also very helpful for, um, you know, templates, templates. This is like 
I am a huge fan of having templates for just about everything. Um, as so, this this is um, a really useful question. Uh, asking myself, am I ever going to do like, am I going to do this task again? And if I know I'm going to do it again, it's probably not going to be just one other time I'm going to do it. It's going to be some kind of repetitive frequency. And 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 there's so many things that are going to like. It's I almost have a hard time finding things that aren't I'm not going to do again. And so if I find that I'm going to do it again in that moment, I build out a bare bones version of the system. What that can look like is just literally a, a, a write out the steps that I follow when I'm, when I'm doing this. And then the next time I go to do the task, I have my, my steps I followed. And then I can now look at the steps from a higher level of perspective and review my process. And is this actually the most effective way to do it? I'm not trying to build up a perfect system the first time. I'm just basically capturing the way I'm currently doing it. And then I'm looking back. Okay, first I follow that. First, what if what if I just like eliminated this step altogether? Like that wouldn't even make a difference. And then now, now I'm constantly working off of I'm, I've externalized my process so that I can constantly refine and improve the process. And that's that's I I love doing that. I I yeah, every day, like the whole day is like I'm working from systems and they're constantly being refined. So this is such great advice. So I just want to make sure I recap this for all of us, all of us everyday innovators. And I just have a few thoughts on it. Well, one is, so I love this idea of asking ourselves like, all right, is this a task I'm going to keep doing? And let's face it, 99% of the things we do, we're going to keep doing, right? There's, it's, it's a, our one-offs are actually very rare. We're pretty repetitive creatures. But then also to your point, getting out, what is what is it that I do? And then figuring out how to improve it and make it better. And, and to me, what is so powerful about what you're saying is this can go to even the smallest tasks. I'm going to give you a very personal example for a minute, but I think it applies to business, to life. Um, so I get up in the morning, right? And I'm like, what am I going to wear? What do I have on my plate today? Which like, okay, I need my exercise clothes. I need, okay, I'm doing a podcast. So I need, you know, top up shirts and a ring and some makeup. All right. So what am I wearing on the bottom? Right. So it's this whole thing that probably takes me 10 minutes in the morning. My man, the night before, always lays his clothes out. And it takes him five minutes. It's like he does it faster too. And he's like, okay, because he's got the same kind of thing too. He's like, okay, I'm gonna work on the ranch. I'm gonna go into the into into work and then I'm gonna work out and I'm gonna he coaches soccer. So he needs multiple things. It's not like just because he's a dude, right? It's simpler. But he does it in five minutes the night before. And then the morning he gets up and it's all done. And what you're saying got me thinking about like how inefficient I am at just a simple task and how I could probably even get back time and energy just doing that because it also stresses me out in the morning because I'm like, what am I doing? What do I need? I got to get to my desk, but I'm stuck doing this task. And so I love how you said of like writing down, how do I do this now? And how could I, and then start to improve it versus trying to improve it in theory which is probably the experiential side of you, right? Like, let's figure out what we're doing and then innovate in motion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that came up for me when you were sharing. Um, and just to like, ele you know, elevate this in more broad perspectives, like what, you, what you're talking about um, is a, an idea of decision fatigue. So if you think of like our decision-making ability is like a battery that when we're fully rested is full beginning of the day, and then as we make decisions throughout the day, our ability to make effective decisions diminishes. And, and by the end of the day, you know, we can make some pretty poor decisions. Like, I don't know, some people 
I'm not going to make judgments, but well, that's where like buckets of ice cream come in, right? Because you're like, yeah, 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 yeah sure. <laughs> yeah, or I don't know, like back, in, you know, younger days, going out and partying and drinking and staying up way too late and binging on movies all night. Or yeah, so in the morning is when we have our 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 freshest decision making, and so if we can conserve that decision making ability by preparing in advance, having systems that we can repeat over time, then we're saving that energy for more important decisions that are like, you know, where am I ultimately going? What am I really trying to create? What is the impact I really want to make in the world? Those kinds of things. I love it. I also think it helps us be more innovative because we have more space, right? We're not exhausted from decision fatigue. We're not wasting energy on it, not insignificant, but small things that we could systematize to your point. Instead, Right? We're spending our energy in the places that really matters most. Um, what is something innovative or a way that you've thought differently about things that help, that's helped you grow and move forward? Mm. So one of the ways that it's kind of like part of my operating system and the way that I think is to start small. I used to... I used to think that, uh, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to start working out. I have to go. I'm going to go do these insanity workouts with my, with my buddy. We're going to get up at six in the morning and we're going to go, you know, full out, all out, all out. And then, uh, you know, two weeks later, I'm like, uh, I just don't have the energy to do that today. And I skip one day, two days, you know, and then it drops all off the radar. And so what I've learned over time is that any new behavior, uh, if it's a habit, if it's even just a one-time task, really thinking about what is the smallest little step I can take right now um, that comes to like health. Like let's say you want to go running in the morning. Um, instead of telling yourself, I'm going to go for a 2K run. Uh, and when you haven't really run much in your life before, what if you just developed the habit of putting your shoes on in the morning? I'm just going to put my running shoes on. And that's it. Like, that's it. I've, I've succeeded because so many of us set these, these, these goals that are beyond our, uh, you know, I'm for stretch goals. Um, and I'm also for incremental steps. So, you know, if you're setting yourself an immediate goal that is too far, then, and, and you just don't follow through. So many of us reinforce this habit of, ah, I didn't do it. I'm the kind of person who doesn't follow through my word. And then you start developing a negative self-image instead of setting yourself small commitments, micro-commitments, I call them. I like that. That you can stick to. Now you're building momentum. You're reinforcing the self-identity of, I am the kind of person who does follow through. That gives you more more motivation and then and then you can step it up and then you and then the habit grows now you have a foundation upon which you can build you, you know you have no business running a 2k run if you can't even put your shoes on consistently in the morning <laughs> right yeah well and i and i love that and i think it really applies to everything in our work and our life too and um you know i i think we underestimate the value of the small wins and taking our time to get through those kind of like you're saying getting that momentum getting that confidence um, and I'm with you and that's the risk taker in us, right? Like I, I want to stretch goal. I want to leap. I want to push boundaries, but I also have learned to set myself milestones that allow me that confidence to check it off and that joy of checking it off to keep me going. Um, also, I think when you do the small milestones, you learn along the way, 
right? You, you, you can adapt along the way versus just trying to go all or none. And um, so I know we're kind of talking about fitness and putting your shoes on, right? But that also applies to, you know, stepping up with work. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's two ways also that you can apply the same concept. Uh, so one, if you think of a project um, and, you know, if you're procrastinating or something, or even if you just have a big project and you're not really sure, like, oh, you know, what do I do? It's a, a great little tidbit I picked up from getting things done. The book, uh, Fantastic System, is what's the next action? So, and next action means something that you can visibly see a camera can pick up. It can see you doing it or hear you doing it. So, um, like, maybe you need to, okay, so make a decision. What does that mean, make a decision? Well, how do you make a decision? Maybe I need to brainstorm my ideas. So maybe I need to call someone and ask for their advice. Like, what is the very next thing that I need to do to get this started? And oftentimes we we just, we procrastinate and, and maybe not even procrastinate, but just don't even get started as quickly as we could because we haven't identified that very next step. So that's the same idea of, of starting small. And I, I take that on a, on a daily basis as well. You know, there's the idea of eat the frog. What's your most important priority for the day? Do it first thing in the morning. I have an adapted version of that. I do like to do my most important things first thing in the morning with a little block at the beginning of the day, no more than 15 minutes where I have quick tasks. So in my task management uh, software, I, I label anything that's going to take me like maybe less than five minutes to do. It could take me up to 15 minutes, but, uh, but that chunk, my quick tasks, I can't have more than 15 minutes of that at the beginning of the day so that I know right off the bat, I get started. I, I know, like I show up my day. I know my day is my, it's going to be easy. There's no resistance to starting my day because I know I'm going to get a quick win right off the bat. I go get a few quick things done, build momentum, and I, I'm already in motion. Now it's like, let's get the next big thing done. So that is another way of thinking of it. It's very interesting to hear you talk about that because I also do that. Um, I don't know if I'm as good as you about like 15 minutes, but I have my list, right? Of things that need to get done. I actually tackle the small things that are going to weigh on me if I don't do them and get them out of the way. And I find that frees me up to do the important things in the time. Now, those little things can add up and you can get go down a rabbit hole, but I'm pretty good about like doing them and moving on. But it's interesting to hear you talk about that. And I wonder if that's a very experiential, everyday innovator thing of like wanting to just check off a few things and get some action and get that momentum. It's a little bit like, we want to put on our running shoes, get out the door, and then we'll start like we'll start the big run, you know. So it's kind of interesting to hear you talk about that. And I love that advice for all of us of if you can chunk it for 15 minutes, do the stuff that's going to weigh on you if you don't do it, get it out of the way, and then get to the important stuff. That's really interesting. I, I like I that filter, to- that filter of if it's going to weigh on you. I don't yeah. I didn't have that distinction. So I think that's something I'll I'll add. Yeah. I just I find that like even if it's just returning an email to someone who emailed me the night before, and maybe I don't need to, but if I just email them in the morning, get out of the way, it doesn't take up mental space that I could when I need to get to my important task. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, And that's my advice to people. It's like, they always say, do the most important thing, first thing out of the gate, nothing else. And I'm like, I don't know, that other shit is weighing on me. I need to get that out of the way. So um, what's a challenge you faced and how have you overcome it? One of the biggest challenges that I faced, honestly, was becoming a father. And that was uh, just such a life shift that um, I resisted more than I, than I needed to. <laughs> Honestly, if I hadn't resisted this life shift, 
it would have been easier. So the way that I that I um, worked through that was was really uh, through self care because as as a new parent, I really didn't have much time to myself anymore. I was taking care of our daughter and then my wife who was recovering from birth. I was taking care of her. And I just found like, I have no time to myself. And I started to build up a resentment, which, you know, I was like, this is not right. This, this can't be, uh, I need to change something here. And so that was when um, I started really diving into building a morning ritual for myself and, and carving out that renewal time for myself so that I could be at my best so that I could show up and serve for those around me. I think, you know, I, I'm glad that I'm, it's interesting with your experience, the word resentment. I think oftentimes that takes us down a rabbit hole of negativity, which makes it hard to even see the solutions, the possibilities around us for a while, because we're too wrapped up in like everything that's wrong and resenting everything. So kudos to you for, and I love it. You started with a morning ritual, right? Finding the small steps that kind of turned all of that around for you. Um, as a risk taker experiential, what um, what does it mean to you to be an everyday innovator? Mm. For me, it's constant, never-ending improvement. And I am that's like what I what I what my fuel of life <laughs> basically is like it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I know that if I'm constantly improving and growing and learning, uh, that's that's my way of of finding a sense of satisfaction. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of my highest needs is growth, um, and so that constantly iterating and improving, like to me, that sense of momentum is so satisfying. So I, it brings a lot of joy, doesn't it? I think, like, I think it's exciting when you learn something new or figure something out. Um, what do you do on a daily basis, habits, routines, rituals, mindset that help you stay innovative? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just touched on it. My morning ritual is sacred <laughs> to me. Uh, every day uh, I have uh, I started off as something really small, five minutes, right? Like I'm not saying do what I do because that's not where I started. I started off with five minutes. Now I have a chunk of time of two hours that I... Um, I do movement uh, and it varies over the years, depending on my priorities. Right now, it's really focused on uh, rehabilitating my back. And so I have a movement practice. Uh, also, some introspection, introspection, sometimes as meditation, sometimes as journaling. And I also have uh, a big chunk of time, probably half of that two hours, a one hour chunk of time for, for growth. So if that's going through some kind of a course or reading a book, studying something. Yeah. And that, that starting my day off in that way. Uh, and you know, I'm not saying everybody needs this long morning ritual. You have to get up at five in the morning and, and do it. That just happens to be the, the way that I like to do it. Get up before everybody else wakes up. Um, but just having that setting your day off on the right foot and having space you know how can you innovate if you don't have space to yourself and and you have that clarity so to me maximizing every day through personal renewal is is my 
secret. What, <laughs> what did I hear today? It was something like, I'm going to botch it a little bit, but it was like a confused mind always says no. Mm. Yeah. And just, you had said like, get that clarity, meditation, movement, whatever works for you. But it made me think about that. But like, I don't think a confused mind can innovate. I also think a confused mind is probably exhausting because you're carrying too much. So I love your rich, your morning ritual. And, you know, I don't think, I think starting off with five or 15 minutes is great. It doesn't have to be two hours, right? Like you can start with 15. What advice do you have for other everyday innovators out there who are looking to do what you've done in I'm going to say this question a little bit differently and take something that maybe was a challenge for you and turn it into your opportunity. Well, honestly, it kind of been the theme, a little bit of this call, which is what is the smallest action I can take to step forward? And so this kind of tangentially to this is like, what is the quality of the question that I'm asking myself? So what, our thoughts are constantly responding to questions, right? I'm asking myself, oh, why did this happen to me? So if there's some kind of a challenge, you could ask yourself, why is this happening to me? It's not a very useful question. What is the opportunity for growth here? Or what is the blessing? Or what, you know, what is this inviting? Who is this inviting me to become? Some question that you can, so if you can catch yourself and, and, and see what are the questions I'm asking myself. So then you can ask yourself like, okay, what, what opportunity lies here for me? And then what's the smallest, the smallest action I can take to move towards that? So will you say that last one again? That was so good. What is the opportunity that lies here for me? And what's the smallest action I can take to move towards that? So I really, what a great mic drop to end this podcast on. I, I hope we all really heard that. I'm going to write that question down is every time, especially when I run into a brick wall, that's the question I'm going to ask myself. <laughs> I love that. Fantastic. Um, actually, this has been amazing. My last question for you is what's something we'd be surprised to learn about you? Ah, surprise. I mean, if you don't know me, pretty much anything I say. <laughs> True. Uh, first thing that comes up is I, I love to make music. I love, uh, I love learning, right? So I'm learning play the keyboards right now i've been playing guitar for many years but yeah i love to jam and to be in that space of the unknown see what's coming through you know music is so wonderful for that isn't it like you you have all these keys and how you put them together can be really up to you and in the moment mm -hmm. yeah and it, i find it can actually bring me into a trance if i really allow myself to step in be in that moment of the unknown and i don't even know what's going to come through me next that i can really enter a different state it's wonderful. That's, I love it. That's interesting. For me, it's dancing. Um, and not, I mean, I happen to love hip hop, but I, I, you know, anything like just put music on and I will just start moving. And it's like that same kind of thing of like, you don't, there's no choreography for me. It's just whatever comes up. And then you're like, well, that's interesting. Huh? So that was fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. I think if I were listening to this podcast, I would pause it. And then I would go, if I'm driving, I would pull out a notebook and I would start writing down all pull over is the part I missed and write down all the questions. Um, Cause I feel like you gave us some really important ones that'll help us think differently about our work and our life. So thank you so much for joining me. Mm, thank you so much tomorrow. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com. 
and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listeners, bigger impact. Until next time.